Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. 
It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. If you think you met him outside of, so this is not real. Yeah. This is not real. Well, right? it is. Well, but, but it's yeah. not like how you normally meet people of and course, how you normally do of things. Of course. You're in this insulated, mm-hmm. I guess, bubble. Yeah. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we've just witnessed the first six hometown hometowns round of playoffs in the history of the game. And it should have been a seven hometowns. Six seventh of the way through the round. (laughs) (laughs) It should have been a seven hometown. It should have even been more historic, but I guess we have to wait until next week to see the final Rachel Recchia hometown with Avon that is going to be stitched into the first 15 minutes. Are they also going to do the rose ceremony during the mental? This is a mess. It's a disaster. But there was some very good play. It's a disaster. What ends up happening is people don't think part of the show is it during the mental. They skip the mental. And then they're like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Well, they probably won't think that this season because we don't even we can't even remember who everyone is. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, giving us troubles trying to keep track of all of this. And certainly the construction (laughs) of the season. Very bad uh, since the beginning. But there was some immaculate play. That happened in the big game tonight. And oh, yeah. that I cannot wait to discuss. We saw Huju after Huju, all terrible, but we did see them. The volume was inspiring. All terrible? Yeah. What do you mean? We'll get to it. What about Rachel Rickers? You know that I'm an Olympic level fucking Huju judge. I'm not taking bullshit. I'm not giving points for effort. And I'm also a judge. I thought it was. Well, We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, playoffs. We are in the first round of playoffs. This is a very important round, and it's the only one in which there are other people playing on your team. That is your family. <laughs> Some families that we saw tonight seemed like they had prepared with the player beforehand, maybe gone over some acceptable questions, maybe gone over, you know... <laughs> Which of the five attacks that you are going to do on The Bachelorette and some of the (laughs) families appeared not to have done any prep or know what a television series is? So basically, in the hometowns, we are looking for a few things from the family. We are looking for them to issue a glow, which is basically saying, I can see that you're happy or I can see that this relationship is having some visual effect on you. There is the blessing which is saying in one way or another, if a proposal were to happen, I will go along with this. I support this idea. This can be formally asked for by a lead or it can be offered involuntarily or uh, it could be unsolicited, which is what happened all tonight. We also see a lot of tears from the parents and the friends. We like to see that. Love level raises Mm -hmm. happen all the time during hometowns. This is like one of your last chances to get in a uh, love level raise before you're going to go to fantasy suites. So it's, you know, usually a good time to do it. I'm just saying if you've left hometowns without a love level raise, you either better have a real fucking good first audience game and not need to do that or you're going home, basically. Yeah, if you've already raised it. Even if you've raised it to love level four, you fucking raise it to 4.5. You put something Hit new it on it. Yes, you have to. That last moment. Play a Popeye. I love you to more than the world. Exactly. 
I can't even say I love you. What I feel is stronger than love. That's what someone should say. We haven't seen that yet. That's a love level five. At any rate, these are what we're looking for. And then, of course, the families, like Paiske said, have these five attacks. These are essentially wall games that the families play to the incoming lead when they're meeting the family. And these are tried and true. You're going to see these every season. Some families use them more than others, however, which we did see tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I loved that. I loved that part of it. And when some, some, I mean, all of these had different structures. Traditionally, you have the day portion, you do some sort of activity in the hometown, take them to the local racetrack or the local farm or whatever. And you prepare the bachelorette for the family that she is about to meet. You load any walls. You give any PTC, familial PTCs that might be relevant. Tonight, I, I don't even know what we saw. I think we saw montages for day portions mostly. Some didn't have day portions. There was one really long day portion. I think we saw every possible carnival game in existence uh, during the pier dates. It's so bad. Like... Unfortunately, here's the deal. If you want to fuck with the structure of the presentation of this game, you can do it. If you don't have double the fucking people to service in the edit, you can start breaking down like if you show a day portion or a night portion or not or how much you linger at it or whatever. If you've got a single lead with four or fewer hometowns, you can do that. This isn't that. This is two leads, seven hometowns or six, I guess, with the seventh to come. It's it's just bananas to me that they thought the presentation of this would in any way work. Nonetheless, we're going to get to all of these things. And those attacks, by the way, those walls are time. Is this really enough time to fall in love with somebody, which we saw used tonight? Location, which we did not see used tonight, which is if you guys wind up together, where are you going to go? Who's going to move where? We did see the number three other men attack that you're still dating all these other people. How is that affecting this? We did see the heartbreak attack. I don't want my child to be heartbroken from this. And then the values attack. We saw some hinting at never an overt values attack, but that is basically saying, are you guys really compatible? This is like uh, when Popeye's brother asked him, are you sure this is going to work out with Madison Pruitt, the ultra Christian player? Because uh, you like to party. She's okay with you going to the club, bro? Yeah, that was, that was basically a, uh, a values attack. So we are looking for those as well. So we're going to get into this. But before we do, I have one bit of personal business. I just started another podcast. Ooh. It's called The Necessary Conversation. You can get it anywhere you get podcasts. I'm posting about it in my stories and stuff. And this podcast is me talking to my parents about politics, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Uh, also talking about our relationship, our family's relationship, which uh-huh. has essentially dissolved since the election of Donald Trump. And we haven't talked to each other in many years. Now we're doing it for the first time <laughs> on a podcast that I'm forcing them to do. The best place to hash that out is on a politics podcast, on a public platform. Yeah. I think it's a grand experiment. Look, I told you right before we started recording, I haven't even listened to our Digging Deeper from last night because I was listening to the necessary conversation. <laughs> I'm already, a, yeah, well, I'm already a TNC head. <laughs> well, if... The necessaries, we call ourselves. If, if anybody else out there wants to become a necessary with Pace Case, please check it out. Like I said, I have links to it in my in Bachelor Clues stories and stuff. And uh, you can get it anywhere that you listen to podcasts, The Necessary Conversation. I've always said about you that you don't have enough podcasts. 
You can never have too many. I mean, I really think I could do like two a day. Every day. I don't understand. We have one and it's taken over my entire life. I, it's unfathomable to me. But you're, you're making quality work. Quality work, Clues. The Clues-verse is expanding. Yes, that is true. The Clues-verse. It's Clues land. That'll be my podcast empire like Shonda Rhimes. And let's get into what we came here today for Game Breakdown. And the first round of playoffs, Hometowns, is... The only round really in which the leads have to play as well, because they are combating these five attacks by the family. They're trying to take down the familial walls and they're not coasting like they kind of can for the rest of the season. Right. And we saw some of that tonight. So here we go. And now Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Tonight on The Bachelorette, the teaser begins. And we get a bunch of shots of these hometowns. Zach is love level fouring. Recky is love level threeing. We see Patrick Warburton, star of screen and stage. Eric is scared. Gabby is scared. Zach's mom is tearsing. Tino's dad seems to be a problem. Recky almost cries at Tino's house. And then Recky says her heart is breaking. We begin portion one. We are on the boat, the cruise ship, still in Amsterdam. They just tell the players they're in Amsterdam. They don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah, that was it in a Hilton outside the airport LAX here. But uh, Rekia is packing her bags and ITMing that she and Gabby are going to be separating for the first time on this journey so they can each go visit the hometowns of their respective team members. And we see that Rekia is going to be communing with the families of Zach, Tyler, Tino, and Avon. Only... One of those doesn't happen, and one of those is not presented in this document. Then we get Gabby packing up her stuff, and she ITMs that she's going to be seeing Jason, Johnny, and Eric. So it seems at this point that we're getting all seven hometowns. That is what they've told us Mm -hmm. (laughs) right here in the very beginning of the episode, and then they don't fucking deliver it. That's what the title of the episode is. DLP, Dark Lord Palmer, checks in with both of our bachelorettes, and... Don't get much out of this except Gabby saying meeting the parents scares the shit out of me. And he says, America is calling. And it's the first America reference of a lot of references during this episode. Oh, my God. Those flags over the doorways. Holy There were flags everywhere. (laughs) A lot of it. But did you notice that with these DLP things, because of the edit, generally speaking, whenever DLP enters into a conversation with a leader or player, they show him like going to them, knocking on their door somehow walking somewhere to meet them. In these shots, he's just, boom, there. He's standing right in front of them and is just like, hi, what do you think about hometowns? It's fucking insane. They had to cut it this way. He could have knocked on their doors. What do you mean they had to cut it this way? We don't see him knocking on the doors. In every other time that we see him during the season when he's talking to a player or a lead, we see that him going to them. Oh, you're saying we don't see it because of the time. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. Boom, right into There's it. a one sentence from both of them. Yeah. It, it feels jarring. I agree. Uh, we get the first day portion. It is a Gabby hometown. It is with Jason in New Orleans. And we see trolleys, riverboats, a donkey pulling a carriage maybe or a horse. I think it was a horse. Some sort of critter, not my creature. And Gabby says, never been there, but the vibes are 10 out of 10. And loads... A story that we will be following. There's a large part of this process that is making Jason uncomfortable. 
And then we see Jason. Gabby runs to him. This is a hooju. It is a miserable hooju, however, as were, I believe, almost all of these. They're both laughing as they're running up to each other, clearly revealing they don't want to do this. They're not taking it seriously. The producers here, in, in my opinion, have done a bad job of convincing them to do this with any enthusiasm. They're just, they're like, ha we have to do this dumb thing. They think it's stupid. So if they don't take it seriously, how could this ever be good? And it's not. They think it's stupid. Gabby says it's the most exercise she's done during this season. She's out of breath. She's performing like an athlete in these moments. She's giving it her all. Well, her all is not good enough because her mount does not clear her anchor's hips. There is no ankle lock, no attempt to even achieve it. Really? An affront to the subsport. She gets a high volume of kisses from the cling. I'll give her that, but we don't really get to see the dismount. Overall, in my opinion, another incredibly poor representation of the subsport. And I wish I had time to do all of the videos of these, but there were too many. I don't think I'm going to be able to do them. My apologies. I'm just going to say this would come in somewhere around a 4.25. This wasn't the best one. Uh, we'll get to the one that was the best. I agree. Uh, yeah. Jason says his family's going to love her. He loves being home. And they see a live jazz band playing. They dance. And Jason loads Love Level 4 for Nola. That's New Orleans. <laughs> and they kiss. And he tips the band. And then there are two dogs, not my creature. And then Jason puts beads on Gabby. And now they're on a balcony and Gabby says, I want to get an old man to show me his dick. And she yells at a man on the street. And this man looks up at Gabby. He looks to the cameras. He is skeptical. He's, and she says, you have to flash me. He says, that ain't happening. And this man who refused the forced nudity play was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. We, 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 We had some good bystanders in this episode, but this guy clearly was it. He literally is saying yeah. to a bachelorette, fuck you, I'm not doing forced nudity on this group date. It was amazing. And he still gets the beads. Still gets the beads. And he has America thinking about his situation. Wondering. It could be great. <laughs> I, I didn't have one thought about it, but maybe some others did. <laughs> Jason tells Gabby that he was going to leave in the very beginning of the season, but he decided to stay for her. We get some kissing. Love that. Kind of a post facto make me stay. Yeah. You already made me stay. Remember when you made me stay? Remember when I played yeah. to make me stay and it worked? That's basically what he's saying. I was a good player in the beginning of the season. Don't forget. In a park, Jason says that because his parents are separated, she's going to be meeting his dad first. The dad shows up in the park. He's got some flowers and a box of beignets parental Kringle here and he says I don't know whether to laugh or cry as he walks up and he hugs Jason we get the hugs all around and they sit on the bench in the park now we've had a couple of other hometowns I can't remember one off the top of my head like specifically but haven't we had ones where the family split and there's basically two meetings of the family yeah 
Right. So this is not uncommon. The only time I can think where there was a split home come together was Caitlin Bristow's hometown. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were all at one table. That is correct. The dad is very enthusiastic. He asked about the exciting adventures, the environment, and the isolation. And there were just a lot of lines in this episode that were very skeptical of the process in a way that I was like isolation why are you calling attention to that usually you hide that yes later i forget which date it's at i have the note gabby says to the parents he's been in a simulation (laughs) we all have that's another like open admission that like this shit's not real and even in this episode there it's questioned that if any of this is real and rekia has to defend it we're gonna get to all of that very interesting stuff happened i think in this episode in terms of what they put in the fucking cut to reveal that mm-hmm. like they're breaking the facade down of 4TRR here in this episode, which is something I've never really seen done in this way. And I know like to us, it's very overt and obvious and just like I, I it's glowing in my brain as soon as I see it. But I think for most people, like a casual viewer, they don't know what's going on. But there's there, there's a feeling oh. in this episode that it's like, oh, reality TV is kind of like they're pulling the the curtain back from it a little bit. I found it interesting. And I think this phrase was was uh, part of it. I don't think the average viewer even realizes that they're not like allowed to have their phones or talk to their dying family members. Yeah. How bad do you want it? Are you willing to sacrifice everything for the process? That's basically what it is. We get some uh, some good lines from Jason's dad. And he says about his son that some people need to wear their logo and brand on the outside. Jason wears it on the inside. He's an inside brand guy and he produces dad tears. He's a good kid. And he says, our family has always been an emotional family in his ITM, kind of, you know, furthering this backstory of Jason's emotional being. <laughs> His dad. So now we get the sit down between dad, Michael and Jason. His dad says, so it's been a great experience. And Jason says, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy experience. I thought that was funny that they left that in him, like being like, it hasn't been a great experience. I agree. That was another one of those lines. Gabby definitely makes it worth it. She's one of the funniest, but most genuine people I've met. And we have an energetic connection. Dad says, I felt it halfway through getting up to seeing y'all at the table, got a little emotional. That could be my daughter-in-law, could feel her warmth. You're projecting happiness and calmness and ease with it. I can see you. You've been nonstop smiling. First dad glow of the season. Fantastic glow here. Loved that he had just brought them beignets. Love that it's taking place out in a park. It's all perfect. It seems real. The 4TRR-ness of this is like unwavering. I think it might have been real 4TRR from dad. And his dad also demands on camera that he's the best man if they get married. I thought that was a good move. It's an implicit blessing. It's saying, I'm down with a wedding right here. Fantastic. I agree. Dad's all in. And he's prepared to toast. Let the best (laughs) days of your past be the worst days of your future. I love this dad play. A toast with beignets. That's a student of the game. You know beignets from our beloved game, right? A sacred, a sacred food in our game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You don't know what I'm talking about. Season 21. You know, I I can make beignets. Mm, They're very good. I love beignets. But season 21 had some very special beignet eating. I highly recommend you all go watch that. You want to describe it? Nope. It's there for you. 
If you want to go down the beignet hole, the beignet hole is in season 21. <laughs> I don't want to go in the bee hole. Uh, that dad, I, he's, he was great. I felt like he was kind of the, the father character in The Princess Bride a little bit who reads that story. Uh-huh. That's the vibe I had. Okay. Anyway, that was only portion one. <laughs> okay, here we go. We'll speed it up a little bit. Portion number two. We're still in New Orleans. B-roll. It's night. Jason takes her to meet his mom, sister, and boyfriend. They walk in. Gabby cringles with some flowers. Mom immediately tears upon seeing Jason. Fucking instantaneous tear. So, I mean, right off the bat, we know mom's for TRR. Gabby ITM's excitement and terror. Then we get a kind <laughs> of... Uh, Traditional familial debrief. So Gabby says Jason was in a simulation here when they sit down and they're kind of talking about how <laughs> strange it all is. Um, the process. I mean, it is. He's been in a simulation. This is. It's a simulation of dating. That's what the show is. I, I mean, to me, this is one of those moments where they're like letting you see through what it actually is. Brilliant. I love seeing shit like this. So he explains he was so overwhelmed and he was about to leave, but they genuinely connected. Then we get the recap of his dates, which is very traditionally what happens in these these first moments with the entire group. And the sister then says, you're beaming. That's a glow. Sister glow. Sib glow. One on one time with the Sib and Gabby. And the sister says, she has no dirt on Jason. He's really the greatest person ever. And Gabby asks if he's ready for a long-term relationship. Sister says, hell yeah, 100%. She could see him taking the next step. He just hasn't met the right person yet. Gabby asks if he could be with someone like her. Sister says, 100%. Sister ITM seeing her, seeing Gabby being part of the family. And the sister tells Gabby, he's like glowing. A literal glow. Uses the word fucking glowing. Welcome to the pit, Jason's sister. Yeah, perfectly played. I'm sorry. She gave two glows. Number one, beaming. Number two, glowing. I think she's a student in this game. Then we get one-on-one time between Gabby and Jason's mother. (laughs) I wrote here, the mom has a Game of Thrones sword bracelet on. Really? Check that out. (laughs) I didn't see that. (laughs) I mean, I don't think really, but that's what it reminded me of. I've just been thinking about this... We were talking about we've been watching House of the Dragon, obviously, because we are a Game of Thrones parody podcast. Game of right. Roses. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Anyway, mom reiterates the whole thing has been very outside Jason's comfort zone. But when I saw you together, I see something really good between you. It's really cute. I'm going to give that a mom glow. Yep, definitely mom glow. And she hopes it turns out for the best. This is kind of a blessing, saying, I do hope that you wind up married. Mom then ITMs that she hopes they wind up together and in love, wind up happily ever after. That's an implied blessing loaded through her ITM. Then we get one-on-one time with Jason and mom. Jason tells mom that they connect on a deeper level. She gets it. Mom's laughing and happy. This whole family, by the way, was laughing the whole time with Gabby. Very well played, very at ease. They seemed comfortable together. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jason then says that he's trying to stay true to himself and not rush anything. And we get this bombshell information. He can never see himself getting engaged. It's not realistic to him. As much as you have feelings, it's just not something he could see himself doing at this point. It's like, that's the show, dude. What the fuck? (laughs) Now, this could be fake. Jason, his mom is also like, what the fuck? Yeah. She's like, how would you feel if you lose her? Keep that in mind. I don't want you to lose something important. And she cries multiple times here. She's... I mean, he's trying to lose it for himself. The family is keeping it together. Yeah, I'm interested to see if this is real, like if this becomes a problem that ultimately breaks them up or if he's playing up something to make it seem like he's got something to overcome. 
I don't know. Don't know yet. Mm. Yeah, maybe he knows he's made it to fantasy suites and he's like, I'm going to hold the, my love levels till then. He needs a wall for for the first part of the dinner at fantasy suites. <laughs> Could be a good play. I don't know. I couldn't tell if this was a play or not. But Gabby does a play here in her ITM. She says, I am falling in love with him. Loaded love level three as they make out in the auto zone. The auto zone is the zone outside of the house that you go to after the meeting of the family has ended. Often love levels are performed on the benches here or standing. Sometimes snowballs are thrown if you're Michelle Young and you're whimsical. And then... In between this portion and the next portion, <laughs> I've started to notice them now. We get some apply for the Bachelor uh, commercial. You know that he knows that you know that he knows that you know he's never going to propose. Apply to be on the Bachelor. That's basically saying if you're watching I- this, you're in a fucking dead end relationship that's going nowhere. These are insane. They're made even more insane by the placement. I can't get over this. I don't know if they're intentionally putting these cards in these places, but we literally just heard Jason say he's never going to (laughs) propose. I know. Literally, he just said that. So they're not going to propose on the show either. What are you talking about, DLP? But I'm still on your side. Nonetheless, we come into portion three. Now we're with Rekia. So we get the first time seeing how this structure is going to work. They're going to bounce back and forth between leads so that we can have more direct comparison between the leads, but not between the guys for each lead. Because what this is going to do in a traditional hometown, you get one, two, three, four of one lead dating the same four guys. So you can see literally back to back to back to back who had the best hometown, whose family was the most interactive, most receptive, et cetera, et cetera. Who had the best one, how their journey, how that affects the other hometowns too. Yeah, exactly. How it affects the other hometowns is huge. We get none of that here. And your memory gets wiped because you're watching Gabby and it's like, okay, that was good with a guy who I still haven't really got a good hold on because I, I haven't seen enough footage, footage of him over the season. Now it's on to Rekia with one of those guys. And it's like, but I now have to keep that separate in my head. I can't compare this hometown to the one I just saw. So I then have to compare the third hometown to the first, the second to the fourth. And then there's another one next week too. (laughs) It's like, this is just a fucking mess. They should have, I believe, done all of Gabby's hometowns, all of Rachel's hometowns. You have to get it into one episode. Sorry. And you, I mean, that's how it should have been done. And then I'm wondering, are they going to do that on fantasy suites? You know how it should have been done. Hmm. Fewer people. Of course. Of course. Two hometowns per person. Oh, yeah. That that probably would have been better, too. But then you're stuck in the situation. So then what happens? Two hometowns and then they pick one and now you just go to fantasy suites. Two hometowns, two fantasy suites, two finale. <laughs> Love it. That is what they should have done. A Charlie O'Connell situation. You know what, though? That doesn't account for if one of those people bails in hometowns. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you need an extra. You got to have at least three. The math is always right in the traditional game. Like, they did have that math right. At any rate, let's (laughs) continue on. (laughs) At any rate, you know what doesn't suck is what we see right here in Anaheim, California. Zach and (laughs) Rachel Recchia run towards each other and perform, I'm sorry, what I feel was a Kelsey Weir level hooju. Okay. Clues. 
I'm about to produce tear play. Um, I'm in disbelief at what you've said. Kelsey Weir level hooju? Put them side by side. I think you're romanticizing the past. I think Kelsey, I think this Rachel Reckia hooju was on the level of Kelsey Weir. I'm sorry. I, I saw echoes of her today. I'm just going to move on. It was a better hooju than the first one we saw in this game for sure. Kelsey Weir though? Look, there's some enthusiasm in this hooju on both parts, Anchor and Reckia. But unfortunately, unfortunately, there are some very bad elements. The approach, fine. It's good. The mount is okay. Although (laughs) Zach here does most of the work. The mount is glorious. No. She almost tackles him. She slows down in her fucking approach and he has to bend down and pick her up. There is no ankle lock. Therefore, it can never be a weary in hooju. I hate to fight with you because you know me. I'm a necessary and we're best friends. <laughs> but I thought this was an amazing hooju and I think you are doing a disservice to both Rachel Reckia and the subsport of hoojus in general oh, by no. downplaying oh, no. the excellence of this hooju. I'll show you that Kelsey Weir hooju. It's in my fucking Instagram stories or highlights or something. So it's in my old reels, I think. If you go back far enough, look up at the Kelsey Weir hooju from Bachelor Season 24 Yeah, play them side by side. Please, play them side by side. (laughs) Similarly, both of these hoojus lack dismount footage that we're talking about. Nonetheless, they do this hooju. You can think it's good. You can think it's bad. They get on some bikes and they're riding around little white picket fences in the neighborhood. All back to Tulip Land, but with no drone shots this time. Yeah, they left the drones on the boat. Zach ITMs that he wants his parents to be as excited as he is. And he takes her into this alley on the bikes and he tells her they're going to climb up on top of a building. <laughs> so they climb up this building, up this Wait. ladder. Wait, are you kidding me right now? What you've just done is so hurtful. What? How do they get up on top of the building, Clues? I said they climbed up a ladder. No, you didn't. You didn't even say the word ladder. You said they climbed up. I just said it. <sighs> okay. They bicycle. First of all, they bicycle on the sidewalks. That's just like me. I do that. Safety. Oh. And they bike to this alley, and there is something, something white and gleaming in the alleyway. It's a white and metal vision. Is it heaven? It's a giant ladder. And Rachel Reckia screams in glee to see this ladder, as do I. The best one-on-one Kringle that you could possibly give someone is the gift of a ladder. And that's why it was my... Ladder of the week. <laughs> Great. That was an important ladder. I'm not going to shit you. That was a good ladder. Mm, yep. Is that going to be a new word every week now? You're the base case ladder of the week? I mean, I just thought this ladder deserved an award. I was like, yeah. it's the only thing in the entire alley. Yeah, I agree with you. Have you ever seen that before? I, I totally agree. One ladder? That's like a stairway to heaven. Well, this ladder was not a stairway to heaven. It was a stairway to the top of this building where a little picnic is set up and they watch planes fly from what it looks like a a small airport. This is a perfect hometown mini date. Literally perfect. Very high level. Mm -hmm. He's recalling the first one-on-one they had where they talked about how their dads used to force them to watch planes. And now he is recreating it in a romantic setting. Yeah. With the help of the producers, you don't do any of this without massive producer help. 
Uh, we know almost nothing about these two people, but one thing we definitely know is that they like planes, and so they're hitting that again. I mean, <laughs> that's the one problem with this play is that it's the only fact we know about them is that they were both childhood plane watchers, and we're like, oh, well, we learned the same fact again. Nothing else. Yeah, but you got to hit it. That's fine. I, what else are you going to fucking do? Give us new information this late in the game? Please don't. In fact, I like this play. Zach then tells her that he's going to tell his parents that he's falling in love with her. This is an LL3. Kiss, kiss, kiss. She ITMs nervousness at this hometown, and they are literally kissing. They're making out while a cameraman is like two inches from their face, spinning around so that he gets a fucking plane in the background. This is all acted. They're like, can you imagine that? They're up on top of that building and they're like, oh shit, the plane's coming. Okay, and start making out now. And the cameraman's just going to move around. We'll get the shot. Don't worry about it. Okay, yeah. Oh, keep making out. Keep making out. We almost got it. Yeah. Oh shit, the plane. This is insane, in my opinion. You think they did that? Or do you think that they had to make out for 20 minutes? Yeah, they made out for like fucking the next. That's a small airport. Plane leaves every like hour and a half. Yeah, that shot was crazy. Absolutely insane. But then they show up at the familial meeting place. We see Patrick Warburton, the famous actors, their mom, dad, sister, aunt, and the Uncle Patrick. There's a general group conversation. They recap the season. And then the mom says, you look very happy together. That's a glow. The dad, ITMs, seems like they've been together for quite some time, but he's concerned about heartbreak. So he's loading this heartbreak attack, and uh, he wants to know what their expectations are. We get that one-on-one time with the dad and Rekia. He's concerned about his son's emotions. This is the heartbreak attack once again, and he brings up... Uh, the fact that going to the most romantic places on earth, you can fall in love with a monkey. He says, <laughs> this was my, my favorite line of the show. Um, because it's a very funny way to kind of put the idea that you are removed from the world in this process. And so the love that you might find in this game, in this show, can't be trusted. It can't be real. Anybody could fall in love if they're putting you on a fucking cruise ship and taking you around the world and one guy gets COVID, but nobody else does. Um, can we rewind just one moment when they are all together? Mom says you look very happy together. Mom glow. Uncle Pat says, I just feel sorry for those other fellas. That's all I can say. And Zach sheepishly smiles, looks at Uncle Pat like the lovable goofball that he is, conjuring up a million memories of Uncle Pat goofing on him, being the center of the room. He bites his lip and he gives his aw shucks pointing hand gesture at, at Uncle Pat. This expression was almost my face play of the game. That we rewound for an almost face play of the game. <laughs> it was a good face. Don't say that till you see the face. <laughs> I, I like the face as well. It was a very good face. But back to the one-on-one time with Dad and Rekia. After he says you're going to fall in love with a monkey, uh, he asks, "What attracts you?" to my son. And this is a very common attack when a parent wants to really test the uh, legitimacy. It's an implied time attack. Do you really have enough time? It's also an implied attack against the process. Is this any of this shit real? How well do you know my son? So she references their immediate connection and the emotional conversation they had about family. The dad says he's looking for a soulmate. And then she brings up how Zach used parental mirroring on their first date, uh, saying, I, I want something like my parents had, the planes, et cetera, et cetera. And dad says, He's married to his best friend, and that's what you should be looking for. We then get one-on-one time with mom and Zach, and he tells her that he wants mom to be up front and honest. And mom says 
She can see in his face that he's happy. That's that glow. He then tells her that he love level three Drekia, and mom says she sees the love. That's another glow. And then mom tears. Mom's biggest concern is the other guys. She gets two fucking glows. She gets tears and fucking throws an attack into this little segment. Beautifully done, Zach's mom. Love to see it. This is high-level mom play. And then she ITMs another glow after this, saying that her biggest concern is the speed of love. Another attack. Even in the ITM, she's rehitting the glows and the attacks. And she is maybe deep in the forums because she says he's genuine. And when he's sharing, it is for real. AKA he's genuine and real. So genuine, so real. Could be. We get one-on-one time between Zach and his dad. Zach says, I'm going all in. I'm susceptible. Dad says, your heart may be broken, but it might be filled with awesome Rachel Recchia forever. (laughs) Rachel Recchia talks with Zach's mom and Zach's mom says, I can tell he's falling in love. I'm like, you can tell he just fucking told you. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel says, I think I have the stamp of approval from Zach's family. That's a blessing. Dad ITMs, I think I met his future wife. It's basically a dad precog. Yeah, uh, and which is extremely fucking strong. We also see a little segment where they're all watching videos in the backyard. This is heavy producer favor again. The video they're watching is cut by an editor and delivered into this date by a producer. You can't do that without their help. And Zach is ITMing that the night couldn't have gone any better. He literally says he received the blessing from his family. He uses that phrase. So he's accepted all the blessings. We've seen so many fucking glows. We go outside on the bench after the date, and Zach tells uh, Recky that he heard what he needed to hear from his family, and he is comfortable now saying he is in love with her. Love level four. This was in contention for my play of the game. Did not get it. Get some kisses. There's an auto zone where he puts her in the car. Few more kisses. And she ITMs that this journey is working for her. Then she loads a love level three for him. Warburton underused on this date. And not underused is the American flag. (laughs) Oh, was there a flag shot there too? There was a flag in the yard. Nice. Love this play by Zach. I thought he, I mean, obviously his third audience game is through the roof, but Yeah, he crushed this. This was, I mean, like, perfect. Top to bottom, perfect hometown date. There was nothing wrong with it. And everything was executed at a very high level, except that Huju. But not because of Zach. Zach tried. Zach tried. And and you're wrong about that, so. Back to back. It was perfect. Okay. (laughs) 10 out of 10, Zach. I mean, and the family. The family was, was prepared and, yeah, good family play. Gabby's next hometown, hometown number two. I only know this because I've written down the numbers. I was just like, just trying to figure out what hometown number it was. What I couldn't do it. And it, this was just very confusing. You know what they wanted to do? They took something that was like, I think for most people who watch the show, obviously not for us, probably not for anybody listening to this, <laughs> but for most people who watch the show... <laughs> You want to be able to like sit down with your friends, have a few drinks and just kind of catch it out of the corner of your eye, zero in on it for like five minutes at a time and then go get something in the kitchen, whatever. You know what I mean? So and you can still follow along Uh with it. Yeah. Watching The Bachelor, how I do. I'm not saying us. I think that's how most people watch most reality TV. And you can't do that in this episode because there's a new fucking family every 10 minutes. 
There's so much fucking crazy weird shit going on. It's all out of context. There's nothing that you can like grapple onto. Uh, I don't know. It, it just was like, this could have been done so much better in so many other ways, still with the two bachelorettes. And they just seem to have chosen the worst way to construct it. <laughs> you think that was a choice, an active choice? Well, it definitely was an active choice. They had a conversation. How are we going to put together the hometown episode? Is it going to be all Rachel Reckia and then all Gabby Windy? Or is it we going to chop them up, intersperse them? And they chose that. That was definitely a choice. When you're more connected to a show, I think... Not that you can be more connected to a show than we are to it, but I think when you're making the show, you might not know how it's... They might not know how it's going to come off. Totally. This is what happens in fucking video games. In big, like, massively multiplayer role-playing games, like World of Warcraft is probably the biggest, most well-known. Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go is a good example, actually. That's not an MMORPG, but it's a good example. When the game first comes out, the developers, the programmers, the people who made the game know more about it than anybody. But then within a few months, the people who are playing the game for 12 hours a day know it way better than the fucking developers. But the developers don't really give a shit about that. Mm. They're just like, how can we get more money out of this game every time? And whatever that is, they do that to the game. And then people get pissed and whatever. I feel like there's a little bit of that happening, at least with us. I think Pokemon Go cares. Okay. I was literally, they don't. <laughs> They've made missteps. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know you went to the Pokemon Go Fest. I know it was the Fire Festival of Pokemon <laughs> Go Fest. I didn't say that, but many, many online uh, places did. Anyway, let's get back to this show that we're trying to recap now because it's important. This is a historic hometown. Like, make no mistake. They've done mm -hmm. things in this that, that uh, have never been done before. But back on this portion, number four, Gabby is going to Johnny's hometown. This is in Palm Beach, Florida. She jogs Tim across a bridge. He waits for her. We get another hooju. However, there's no coverage of it, so I have no idea how to rate it. But again, not taken seriously. Seems like it was probably another subpar one, but I'll never know. Because the whole footage is their torsos. You don't see any of the legs. <sighs> I did feel like it was a forced hooju a little bit. But also, Gabby runs towards him, and I just gotta say, she says, this is the most I've worked at since I've been here. She is so funny in how she says everything like here she says, Johnny's super hot. He knows it. I know it. You know it. It's such a good line. And how hilarious she is makes me feel robbed of a full Gabby season. I was feeling that a lot during this date. Totally. I, I feel robbed of so much shit from this season. Seeing last week, Ethan Kang. It took things from me. <laughs> it took things from all of us. Can you imagine getting to see a full season or full regular season, at least of Ethan Kang, how many funny fucking things there were going to be in there? All these pictures start coming out of like the cheese date. I guess they had to play tug of war with cheese or some shit. There's all the stuff that they, <gasps> they put out and it's like, we didn't get to see any of that. Why didn't we see that? Because there's no fucking time. There's two bachelorettes. So anyways, yeah. what we did see was this. Well, yeah, very funny. Gabby. They make out. Johnny says, I miss my family. I think we should see them first. I'm like, what? yeah, this is your idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says this is the first time he's introduced anyone to his family. In his ITM, he says, I never sat down and gone through questions. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a weird way to describe a hometown. And, and for them to leave it in, like, here's a list of questions you have to talk about. <laughs> We then immediately get the meeting of the family. No threshold moment, but we find out it's mom, Elizabeth, dad, John, BFF, Perry, bro, Robert, girlfriend, Jillian. 
And Jillian gets right into it. What did you think, night one? And Johnny admits that he rapped. And Gabby says, I was going to call it a poem. (laughs) (laughs) What a dynamic duo. I know. He's his best girlfriend ever. And then it is Johnny's dad who's first up with one-on-one time with Gabby. And he says, it's incredible chemistry for such a short amount of time. That's a glow in my opinion. Gabby says he's always been sweet and she can be herself around him. And the dad asks, where do you see yourself with Johnny if he got down on one knee? He's basically forcing himself to then have to give a blessing potentially. The dad is making this happen. Yeah. Also, 100% a glow. He sees their chemistry. Dad ultimately says they're all in. Another uh, kind of uh, blessing style phrase. And then he ITMs that they'd be perfect together. We then get one-on-one time with mom and Gabby. Mom says the connection seems organic and it's really cool. Gabby asks if he's ready to be in a long-term relationship. Mom says he doesn't give his heart to anyone. And if Johnny was to say this, it means he's a different Johnny because he has so much to give. And the mom says that she's along for the ride, whatever's about to happen here. And the mom ITMs that speaking with Gabby relieved her of the anxiety around this whole thing, which is very good. Seems like a mom approval. Johnny talks with his mom and she glows him in her ITM. She says he loves to be in love and I could definitely see that with those two. Johnny himself, though, says I definitely see myself falling for this girl. Not fully there yet. Loading this love level three with mom. They love level for each other. Johnny then talks with his dad. Johnny says, it's a big thing to get on a knee. Dad says, what's stopping you? The way you walked in and interacted, saw chemistry and thought she could be the one. Dad glow again. You're not ready emotionally? I think you're ready. Financially, just go down that road together. We think she's very lovely. You have my blessing. I love this play by the father here. So good. You force force the precog. You force the blessing you lower your walls familial walls completely that dad like off camera is like hey didn't we fucking talk about this you could get a hundred thousand instagram followers what the fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) financially just think about what you'll get as a ring winner son yeah you'll work you'll work out the financial part trust me you'll have brands knocking down your door all right now they all hug and then johnny takes gabby to a dock And they get on a boat and he's piloting her around and he ITMs being confused, some kissing. And then Gabby ITMs seeing herself falling in love with him. This is a loaded love level two. It feels so good and so easy being with someone who is ready for the next step. So we're leaving on that note with Johnny's uh, hometown that he's unsure about a proposal and she's totally. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. 
By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now... I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85 percent of the united states uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine that's where canopy's new filtered shower head comes in known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier canopy is dermatologist recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Sure. Portion 5 begins. It is Rachel Recchia's second hometown day portion. It is Wildwood, New Jersey. We have Tyler and... Rachel Recchia runs towards him and goes, oh my gosh, the Jersey Shore, yelling the name of this other iconic reality show as she leaps into a hooju, which I'm sure Clues hates because it's a modern hooju. I didn't see it. I wrote no hooju. Oh. I don't know. I didn't see it. I'll have to go back and look. We're at an impasse. I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> You're not even seeing the hoojus. No, I've just I fucking refused to accept any hooju from the season. But uh, she, Rekia ITMs that 
Tyler is the furthest behind of any relationship, but she wants to see if they can get there. So that's the narrative of this day. And we know how it's going to end badly. He tells her they're going to go eat, go on some rides and uh, then meet his family. And all of this takes place at the boardwalk. At the boardwalk, two giant creatures emerge. They are dogs and they are Dalmatians and they are both being held by two leashes shared by one hand of a local woman in a white vest. Her friend films them in a blue jacket. No doubt texting reality Steve all these pics of Ty Ty. And that's why these two Dalmatians were my... Creature of the week. I saw those Dalmatians and I noted them because I thought they might be. There was another dog that I thought might have given them a run for their money, though. Mm. At any rate, they go to this carnival. They're eating corn dogs, funnel cakes. They're playing games. Gabby's winning prizes. Or sorry, Recky is winning prizes. Even my brain is fucking scrambled by all this. Uh, and I've got it literally <laughs> written on a fucking piece of paper in front of me. They do bumper cars. They ride the swings. They're eating fries. They play more games. And Tyler's ITMing, wanting someone who's emotional. And they go on a Ferris wheel. And Tyler ITMs that there's no way the day could have gone better. You know, anytime they're getting you to say that shit, that means it's about to fucking, the storm clouds are coming. There's going to be lightning and thunder in here. And Recky ITMs that they've had such a great day, but it's getting so serious. And they go to this pizza shop on the boardwalk. And he knows everybody in it. Uh, his best friend comes up. They're all like family in, in one way or another or his friends, this entire staff. This is Joe. He's working at the pizza place. And my best friend, Sal, you know, Sal, I've been talking about it. That's his dad. And then I guess it seems like Sal's dad texted everyone and was like, this is the hot spot. They're filming that's right. Get 100%. down here. Because there were hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah. They got them all So out. many, so many locals. Also, I did this carnival boardwalk pay for money for this because I swear to God we saw every single ride and, and game option that was available during this. Yeah, I'm sure they did. That's how Bachelor does it. They don't pay for anything. They get shit given to them. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. You're right. In retrospect, I'm an idiot. They didn't pay for that cruise line. They didn't pay for anything on this fucking boardwalk. They didn't pay for the fucking drones. <laughs> Rekia ITMs that they have a strong connection, but she feels like his hometown has a different feel than the last one. And I'm trying to remember what the last one was. I can't because there was a Gabby Windy one Who in knows? the middle. She realizes Name it. <laughs> I can't. Zach. She realizes that her relationship is further behind than she'd like to be feeling at this point. And he asks her, which is the best moment she's had? <laughs> and you're just start already you're starting to feel shitty for this guy. And they play a basketball game on the boardwalk as she's ITMing that she has stronger connections with other people. There's a kiss. He closes up this basketball game. I guess he worked there or something. It's confusing as to why he's the one who has to close this one. He said it was his store. Like, he sells stuff there. I don't know. Uh, we see Rachel Rekia pondering alone. She talks to a mass producer. I feel like a horrible person. It isn't enough time. I'm not ready. And we get this very long shot of Rekia presumably talking to a producer in a bathroom I just feel so bad because he's such a good guy. He thinks we're about to sit down and talk about his family, even just meeting his friends. Oh, my gosh. And there's this we just see this restroom for so long. And there's this bird bicycle balloon contraption sticker on it. Did you see that? Yeah, it was a weird, was a weird thing to stare at. I completely agree with you. It was a strange shot. 
But this is something we've seen more of, I believe, in this season than any other. I don't have the actual stats on this, but it feels true to me that this is the most <laughs> most producers we've seen in a season. What? What about Claire? That one had a lot. Yeah, maybe per episode she had more. But per season... I mean, there were like two or three in this one episode. At any rate, they always blur their faces or they will do digital zooms into the frame to cut the producer off, which they do later. But uh, I believe they did it here as well. At any rate, we end on her in the bathroom. We come in in portion six. Rekia is walking the boardwalk alone. She's ITMing, feeling pressure because Tyler has been there since the beginning, but she's not in the same emotional place she was in her last hometown. Again, have no idea what that is. Or we said it was Zach. She feels like she's disappointing him. <laughs> and then she starts crying and she sits down on a bench near a merry-go-round with him. This is a dumping bench. Some benches are innocuous benches, but when they put a fucking bench in the center of the fucking frame in a big, wide-open place like that, you're fucked, dude. Don't sit in that fucking bench. But he has no choice. So they sit down. I mean, I think that was that was the load your parental walls bench. Oh, I don't think yeah. The bench is where you're fucked. I think you're fucked when you see that black SUV. Well, obviously, then you're totally fucked. But there's, a, there's some parts of this conversation that come up that I think is some interesting gameplay. She sits him down, and I think he realized yeah. that he was fucked <laughs> in the middle of it. She lets him keep gushing about how great the day was. Where he realizes that he's fucked is what I'm wondering. Okay, me too. And we can have a little debate about that potentially, but maybe we think the same thing. She lets him gush about how great the day was, and she agrees that she had such an incredible day with him. Then a few deep breaths, and she tells him that he's the most incredible person. As soon as that comes out of her mouth, he better have realized. She's crying. Yeah. She's crying at this point. She's crying. She's crying. So I'm like, everyone knows that she's going to break up with him. Right. But, in my opinion. But he seems not to because he's like... Uh, Does he? Well, this is what I'm saying. She says, I feel so lucky to know you. And then I feel like at that point, he has to know that she's about to fucking eliminate him, but he just keeps going. Forced ignorance. Mm-hmm. He keeps talking about how meeting her yep. was his reason and how it gets better each time they spend time together. He rehits that family's demand that the next person he brings home has to be a wife. Maybe he's grasping at straws. I'm not sure. But he then ups his love level three to a love level four. He is so in love with her. It's an interesting play. To me, Tyler not picking up on Rachel Reck's obvious clues that she was going to break in, break up with him and forcing that love level four in was my error, 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 error of the game. I guess it's possible that he didn't realize, but for me, it read very oh, you're not breaking up with me. I'm going to love level for you and like mm. change this around. Hail Mary, love level four kind of situation. It did not read like that to me. And this is why I don't think it's an error. I actually thought it was a good play. I mm. think he thought, fuck, she's about to break up with me. I have to extract maximum victim value out of this. I'm going to pretend like... Oh, I think that's why he was doing it as well. Yeah, totally. I think it was a Hail Mary to keep and... If, if not, get the victimization at it. I don't think he thought yeah. that he could stay in the game. I think he knew he was being eliminated right there. Mm. And he was like, let me get every play out so that I get maximum value out of being dumped. And he played it very well, saying, don't be sorry. This was a great experience, blah, blah, blah. All the same kind of stuff Nate did. I don't know. I thought it was a 
I just don't see what else you could have mm. done in that moment. Let's say that you hold the LL4 back. What do you get out of that? Yeah, and I I like when people don't leave love levels unplayed. I definitely think it's better to play them. To me, it felt like a 40WR level level four a little bit. I, they, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, that's how it read, but... I agree with you. Like, it seems... It seems difficult to think that he would be like, I'll love level for her right now and she will keep me. So maybe it is a little bit of 4TWR, but I just, again, I don't know mm. what else you could do here. I do think it made him more memorable. I mean, fuck, we're having a debate about it. Here's Okay, here's what you do. IFI, fake an illness, be like, <laughs> I'm so sick, I'm throwing up. And then you're like, oh, is he getting better? And then you go... You go, ah, oh, we'll meet at the night portion. And you know producers are going to want that. That is what you do. Now, what if you can't believably be sick? What do you mean? You're just saying you just run in the bathroom and like pretend to throw up or something for the next 45 minutes. You just go, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I just saw, I just saw Meatball pour a jar of sauce. I just thought oh about Meatball God. pouring the sauce on him. Fucking Meatball. We'll get to the tag. We'll get to the <laughs> promo for Mentello, but Jesus Christ. At any rate. Tag was fucking... Yeah. Anyway, I think you had a fight. That's what I would do. But maybe won't. Maybe most people won't read it that way, and it will be a good play. I mean, he's one of the finalists. I'm sure he's going to be IP yeah. anyway. But he level fours her, and Rekia cannot even look him in the eye. She takes a deep breath and keeps. Uh, he keeps telling her how incredible she is, and she finally stops him. And she's like, "Look, just be quiet. Uh, family's a huge deal, and I'm struggling because I don't want to bring other people into this." When. <laughs> When Tyler, Hail Mary, Love Level Force, Rachel Rekia, she looks out into the sea. She looks at the producer. <laughs> she looks at camera. And the emotion in her face, in her eyes, and in her lip, I'll show you it here now. Yep. You can see her lip is visibly quivering. And this was my... Face play of the game. Rachel Recchia has some really good face play. I agree. And this was such a, for me, a wild card love level four. So I feel like the emotion she had on her face at this pivotal moment was truly, it was the best one I saw tonight. You know, obviously I had that Zach one earlier with Uncle Pat. Yeah. It was a great face play for sure. Not my face play of the game. That's coming up. But uh, you see this type of thing happen almost every season where the lead, I think, kind of realizes like, oh, I never intended this person to like make it this far because the lead already knows who the ring winner is and all the deck chairs are just getting shuffled. But then they start feeling bad and they're like, fuck, I've really <laughs> strung this person along. But most leads can go through with the hometown. Yeah, I mean, this is the only hometown I can think of where they didn't do the meeting of the family portion yeah. except for... Victoria Fuller on Popeye season. And that was because they got into a massive that, fight. That curve she started. <laughs> God, Victoria Fuller. I yearn for the days now. Excuse you what? Excuse you what? At any rate, Rachel Recchia lets him down as softly as she can. She's uh, afraid of being hurt and she just feels like they've had the most incredible day, but she's still not feeling 100% confident. She doesn't know if she's ready to meet his family. And uh, he keeps telling her it's okay as she's crying. He says it means a lot to him, the sparing of his family, basically. And I think that he handled this well, as we were saying. And um, he kind of goes off saying that he's still in love with her. And he hugs her. 
or he puts her in the car and she says, you'll find everything you deserve. And then she's sobbing in the car. And she says she felt like he was comforting her during this, which I agree. That is what it seemed like. STCO. Yeah, he was basically an STCO even as getting dumped, just like Nate. And then we get his family in a room by themselves. Just like Tasha Adams with Colton Underwood. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. And then we get Tyler's family talking about uh, how they're going to know if he's smitten when he walks through the door. <laughs> they're, he's going to walk in with a big smile. And then he has to come in. And of course... <laughs> Uh, and you know, by the way, producers are in that room. He's just uh, been dumped. They're in there telling that family to say that shit so that he can walk in and, and be like, sorry, I was dumped. It gets worse. This part. They, he sits down with them and he says, today, me and Rachel, and they all cheers that it's Rachel because they didn't know if he was with Gabby or Rachel. <laughs> and he's like, uh, we're, uh, she's not here. She totally wasn't ready yet to meet you. <laughs> It's it is a this cut is tough. He tells him that he got dumped by Rachel Recchia, and we cut to a shot of Tyler's mom. She is shocked. Her mouth is wide open. Her eyebrows are high, and this was my <laughs> face play of the game. Love to see it coming from a mom. Love to see it coming from any family member, really. But I thought Tyler's mom here just turned in a work of art. Highly encourage anyone to go back and watch that. Portion 7 begins back to Gabby on her hometown 3 or 2? 3. 3. Okay. Three. Bedminster, New Jersey. Eric. Uh, Eric in Bedminster, New Jersey. We see some B-roll of this area. A lot of very beautiful rural kind of farmish type things. We see uh, some fences surrounding some living creatures. Mm. Two equines grazing in this pasture. And these equines are beautiful. They're powerful. They show the previous equine in this episode how it's done. You're not pulling a cart by a camera in a one-second shot. You're in a pasture being majestic for at least four seconds. And because they understood that <laughs> they get my. <laughs> creature of the week. Are you saying that that horse that was carrying a carriage and we only saw its ass wasn't majestic? No. Could have paused, could have stopped, could have done something. Didn't do it. These horses did that. They get my award. We then see Gabby walking down a road, ITMing that she's had two great hometowns with Jason and Johnny, and we get a hooju here. Better than the last one, but in my opinion, still not great. There is just no commitment to the subsport this season. Gabby says uh, that was good while she's still in the cling. She's literally complimenting herself on the hooju. First of all, the hooju isn't over yet. <laughs> So saying that was good is, is meaningless. Second, it wasn't good. It's a simulation meta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this sim this simulation lacks an ankle lock and it has a bad dismount. And <sighs> roasted. We see her anchor, Eric, literally have to take her hands and put them back around his fucking neck because she breaks contact. I don't get it. I don't I, get Gabby it. is a reluctant hoojuer. Rachel Recchia, I think, is a much better hoojuer. In my opinion. I agree with you. And it's all attitude. Sports psychology here. Rekia wants to do the hoojus. Gabby doesn't want to do it. They're forced hoojus. Yeah. Eric and Gabby go to a picnic. 
picnic and Eric gives a heads up about the dad situation uh, that he has a terminal illness. They thought he had a year. It was his dad actually took him to this park to talk to him about it. It was the first time he really cried, but he couldn't get over how loyal his mom has been. It's a rare connection. I need you to meet them. This was like a heartbreaking PTC to hear um, from Eric. Had we heard this PTC earlier in the season or no? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And it seemed a very strange thing that they didn't put that in one of the episodes up top. I wonder why. He he must have said it to her. Right. Maybe they did. I don't I don't have any memory of it though. We haven't gotten this. I guess they were like, well, we have the convo setting it up at hometowns. But it is it is strange that that just came out here. It's a major piece of his character. It's it's a dominant piece of his hometown, you know. Narratively, this should have right. been set up earlier, I feel like. I agree because it's basically like you know, it has the weight of, well, not the exact weight, but it has kind of a similar type of weight to a package deal situation mm-hmm. or like, you, you know, you're spending time away from someone important in an important time. And yeah, it's not a regular meeting of the family. There's there's a person in this family who has like a special relationship. Yeah. Um, it's strange to have not set it up anyway. We then meet Donna, Alan, Elisa, Grandma, Grandpa at the familial home. It felt like Eric was trying to hoodoo his mom here for a second, I thought. Grandpa says, I watched y'all on The Bachelor Show. I enjoyed that. And Dad says, good days, bad days. Eric says, this is our in-home nurse here. And Mom calls it a labor of love. Dad says he was in the ICU for 40 days, but I really admired the ICU nurses. They're so sharp. I thought this was like a great way he was connecting to Gabby. And he basically says the cancer has come back. It's gotten really aggressive. And this like this whole hometown to me was absolutely like heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, We know that his dad has passed away since this was filmed. And yeah, it's. It sucks. Yeah, it was a very, very sad one, obviously. Very for TRR. Um, And Eric tells her that he likes her and wouldn't have brought her home unless they had a real connection. He says that um, watching both of his parents fighting hard is a a huge inspiration. We get some one-on-one time with Eric and his mom. And he says he wouldn't have brought her back if they didn't have feelings for each other. They talk about his dad a little in this one-on-one time. And his mom says she keeps watering that flower and he keeps coming back. Eric says he has modeled what he wants in a relationship after what they have. And the mom says you marry for life. You don't take it lightly. You never give up on that person. It's an important decision. And she tears. It's one of the most like four TRR hometowns I've ever seen. Absolutely. Definitely saw Eric in a completely different light. I was like, wait, which one is Eric? <laughs> yeah, he's got the the mullet. Apparently he drives a motorcycle. He motorcycles Gabby away at the end of this. Uh, portion eight begins. We get the next part of this date, the third part, which is at Gladstone Tavern. There's an American flag and Gabby and Eric drink. And Eric talks about how it's a huge deal to bring someone home. It's hard to not be there and hard to not be in contact. And Eric saying that he wasn't allowed to contact his terminally ill father during the production of this show was my... Wow. 
moment of the week. This is fucked up. I I believe. I think people in these circumstances should be allowed to contact their loved ones. Yeah, of course. Of course. The show is fucked up. We know that. We're complicit. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> the show does very fucked up things to people. That's part of the process, in quotes, is cutting you off from all communication with your family, no matter the circumstance. Anyways, Gabby ITMs that that day solidified her feelings for Eric, and these uh, are great feelings. He tells her that it's a huge deal for him to bring someone home because of his dad's condition. He thinks that his family was surprised to see how much he likes her and wanted her there, and he says he was grateful that she was there. He says he risked a lot to be on the show for her, and it's worth it. And she says she can't imagine how hard it is for him. He has no doubts about her being there. We get a little kiss. And then he kind of recaps a little of their relationship. And he tells her that he's really falling for her. Then he says, and now I may even be falling in love with you. I found that interesting. That was kind of a, kind of a Jedi mind <laughs> trick to be like, listen, I'm, I was LL3-ing you. But now I may be LL3-ing you. He just fucking did it twice, but made it seem like two different things. <laughs> I loved it. I thought yeah. it was like a take on we, what we call the sacred word defense, which is where you talk about the L word love as like, I take that really seriously and I don't say it. So I feel like it was kind of like a sacred word take on a love level three. He's like, I'm falling is different than I'm falling in love with you. Yeah. Anyway, Gabby says words do carry weight. I'm all about the sacred word defense. They raised a really good man. I've always wanted to be with someone like you and I and didn't know it was possible. I finally feel comfortable saying I am falling in love with you. She love level threes. I mean, it's her only love level three, right? Yeah, so far. And then we get more kisses for them than we've ever seen. They they were kissing so much in this hometown. If he's not her ring winner, mm -hmm. I will be extremely surprised. Then we get the auto zone, another kiss. Oh, after this hometown date, I will be extremely surprised. We're going to have our first mullet ring winner. She ITMs while in the auto zone that uh, she's being able to picture them together and never forgetting that day. She says Eric's hometown could have changed the rest of her life. That part felt frank and bitten to me. Yeah, I think it might have been a little bit. Nonetheless, that's what they're presenting in the document. And then in this commercial series, mm -hmm. we go from this nice, sweet moment with a very, very serious hometown to want to know the best way to make <laughs> your deadbeat ex-boyfriend jealous? Apply to be on the next season of Matchline. I can't believe the shit. Look, we all know Dark Lord Palmer is innocent in all of this. He's just reading what they tell him to say. But this is toxic behavior that he is encouraging here. I agree with you. They're getting worse. They're escalating, right? They are escalating. Seems <laughs> like it, yeah. Seems like it to me. What is it coming to? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens at the finale. They're going to be absolutely crazy. You think the war in Ukraine is bad? How about the war in your relationship? <laughs> Get out of there. Become a refugee to The Bachelor. You know, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a natural escalation. Yeah. <laughs> Portion 9 begins. We've got now, this is a this is the Rekia hometown. Rachel Rekia hometown three. So this is Rachel Rekia's third hometown. This is Tino. It's in Santa Clarita, California. He pulls up in a Jeep. She's in some tall grass. He gets out. And he goes to meet her in these weeds. And we get the best huju of the game here, in my opinion. 
Still not like okay. fantastic, but she at least gets a nice mount, nice cling, does get that ankle lock. Uh, kind of a bad approach, and the dismount lacks balance. But overall, I think it was the best of the bunch. And then they go to a bench, and they talk about being nervous and excited, and she wonders what's going to happen if she doesn't get the approval of the family. Tino tells her, you got to be confident. And she keeps talking about how nervous she is and how much she wants to fit into his family. So we know that that's going to be a big piece of this one. And uh, he tells her that he's so serious about her, and she has nothing to worry about. She's going to crush it. Night falls. The family's sitting around, wondering if any of this is real. And the mom loads. The other men attack. Before the the <laughs> players and the leader even there. No, it's a simulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We already established this is not real. Uh, so they come in, gifts in hand, hugs all around, mom, dad, little brother, Mateo, Tino, ITM's wanting the approval very badly, and he loads a love level three. Then we get the general recap with the whole family, and Tino explains how he got the FIMP, and he tells his parents that it's better and better every time they're, they're together, and the dad issues a fucking time attack in the general family meeting. This is before we're even in the one-on-one -on -one times. The dad is like, oh, is it really long enough for you guys to have feelings? And they defend. Yeah. We never see the attacks come that early. No, nor but nor have we seen like a true defense. And not that this is a good defense, but they're like, yeah, we got cocktail parties. We, we have enough time to talk to each other. You know, it's like, <laughs> we know that that's not true. <laughs> we got cocktail Spend parties. Spend like fucking two hours together, but. I thought, by the way, Tino introing this, he's like, right out the gate, I all eggs, one basket. I got the first R of the season went to me. The FIMP recipients often use it as like a preemptive time attack. They're like, I got the FIMP. So therefore, I'm the number one. Yes. And then the mom and dad issue and other men attack. And Tino says the other guys are going to strike out. And in the next two weeks, she's going to send them all home and propose to me. And I'll propose. <laughs> or I'll propose to her. The dad openly laughs at that and goes, what are you talking about? This to, appears to me at this point to be an involuntary Adams family. Which is a familial strategy where... Yes. You, the player 100%. is the only person who's kind of normal and the entire family is bananas, mean, maybe dismissive <laughs> of the fucking process. A million things you can do in an Adams yeah. family to just basically be a bad family who does not take the lead into your family. I wouldn't say Jojo Fletcher's hometown date was a full Adams family. It, behind me, if you're watching the video, I have home Jojo's hometown date where yeah. her mother's drinking from the champagne bottle. Uh, but it did feel like on another level and almost as yeah. if Tino was complicit in not loading any familial wells. He's like, you're yeah. going to crush it. Well, <laughs> I, I think he was just hoping that like they would behave and that clearly does not happen. We get some one-on-one -on -one time with dad and Tino. Dad immediately issues the time attack. Tino says he's sure five weeks has been enough time for him to know what he needs to know. The dad does not believe this. He says uh, the parents are more nervous than Tino is. They want him to be happy the rest of his life. And so we kind of leave it on this dangling thread with Tino and Daddy. And then one-on-one -on -one time, Rachel and Tino, Rekia opens up with, it's been an honor to get to know Tino. <laughs> I just always with find... The mom. Yeah, these super formal, like, it has been an honor yeah. to know your son. It's like they're in Top Gun Maverick flying a mission together. And then the mom launches into an implied values and time attack here by asking, what are Tino's best traits? This is a trap. The mom is basically trying to see, like, let's see if you know Tino like I know Tino. And Rekia answers with his positivity and outlook on life. To me, these are generic things. This is meaningless. And she talks about, like, oh, I know that he gives blood. Okay. That's more than I know about him, by the way. So maybe she does love him. I don't know. But the mom says this is not real. 
talking about the process and the show. <laughs> this is a simulation. Yeah, Rachel Reckia says, well, it is. So we, we now are seeing the Sauce Wars bubble up into the game right here. A mom is saying, this is all bullshit. This reality show is faked. This is what the mom's literally saying. The reality show is faked. The producers are behind everything. Dark Lord Palmer has satanic <laughs> energies. There are probably... <laughs> no, she's not saying that, but... You've gone too far. I'm sorry. But she is basically saying that this reality show is not producing actual relationships. And Rekia is saying, yes, it is. Reality TV is real. She's taking the N Natasha Parker strategy here. And the mom clarifies that you're in this insulated bubble. And Rekia says, yeah, that's right. She has to acquiesce here. And the mom says that she has to figure out and if in a week or two, she's going to be mending a broken heart or planning a wedding. This is a version of a time attack. Mm -hmm. It's unfucking real It's a version of a time attack. And it's a version of like heart heartbreak for my son. I loved this mom line. She's like pointing oh. out at like all the cameras and, and stuff. Yeah. This is not real. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how you normally meet people. This mom is like a boss in uh, a video game, like Elder Scrolls or something, where you're like just going along and you're like, oh, this video game is pretty fun. Then you just come to a boss who just fucking wipes the floor with you. There's no possible way to beat this boss. <laughs> it's just attack after attack <laughs> after attack. I felt sorry for Rachel Recchi here, honestly, because it's... Um, oh, yeah. You rarely see a, an attack this hardcore. You rarely see an attack from both parents like usually it's like yeah. a good cop bad cop situation rachel then sits with down with the dad and the dad says this hit me really hard how can you make a connection that quickly right says we line up in our morals she's doing this preemptive values defense dad says what's tino like convince me you know the real tino there's all these implications yeah. here that basically rachel Recchia is a fucking liar that yeah, I think it implies that. But these things, do you know the real Tino? Really, I think, is an implied time attack. It's like there's no way you could know who this mm -hmm. guy is in whatever it's been, five weeks or something, they say. But she brings the positive outlook answer again. And the dad says, you're saying the right things, but I see this as a fairy tale. This is basically <laughs> exactly what the mom's saying. This None of this is real. And he wants to look out for his son, making sure that he makes the right choice. Rekia then ITM's almost crying because it felt like uh, it was going so terribly with the dad. And then back in the one-on-one -on -one time, dad launches the other men attack and we don't get Rekia's response. We go to portion 10. We come right back in. No, but I assume that it, I assume it didn't go as badly as the other ones. Yeah, I assume yeah. they somehow came to some agreement that we don't see. Yes, I totally agree with that. I mean, they cut all these conversations to look as bad as they possibly could for sure. Um, and then we come back in on one-on-one -on -one time with Dad and Rekia. Pick up where we left off. He asked her if she's expecting an engagement. She is looking for that, she says. And he's told her that's something he's ready for. He being Tino. She's waiting to see where he's at because he's a little slower with his emotions. And the dad says he doesn't want to beat a dead horse. But this is her second go-round, <laughs> referring to Clayton's season. And he was asking uh, Tino if she just wants to get married or if she really likes him. And she says she wants to find a life partner, saying it's more important. The person's more important than the actual marriage. And the dad says they should both be honest with each other and make sure it's right. Rekia does her best to put on a smile, awkwardly thanks him here. And then Rekia, we see her talking to a producer who, again, faces blurred and then... The producer is cropped out of the fucking shot. I can't remember ever seeing someone talking to a producer during hometowns. I don't think I can either. Certainly not in the familial home. 
They're just sitting in the fucking living room. Yeah. No, not in the home. They've like trapped the parents in bedrooms and shit. Stay in there. We got to talk. Like it's their house. Go in the backyard. I don't know. But she's basically telling the producer that she feels like it didn't go well. She feels like they hated her. We see a mom and dad chat. The dad's wondering if you want to get engaged with someone you don't know that well. Recky is ITMing, feeling shook up by the family. She felt like she could do no right. We get a final debrief. The dad is telling them to make sure whatever happens next is the right thing. And the mom is just like, be open and honest. They keep hitting their mantras. And then Rekia thanks him and says she appreciates and respects the hard-hitting questions. It shows that they take all of this seriously as she and Tino are heading out. I thought that was an incredible move by Rekia, by the way, this line. Like, I didn't know how you could respond to it, but to say, I appreciate the questions because it shows me how serious you take it. It's incredible to see. For her to spin that, I thought was excellent. There was a bachelor who did that, and I forget who the fuck it was, but there was a bachelor who did it too. No, that Mm. just means that you're invested in this. Sean Lowe? I don't think so, because Sean Lowe, I remember, had like almost gotten a fist fight with Desiree Hartstock's brother and you remember that guy i think you're a playboy yeah. and he's like what god damn it that season's good Se- season 17 that was like an adam's family well no because it was only the the brother though the rest of that family didn't do they were all okay it was just the brother that was like this is all bullshit fuck you and that's what gave in my opinion heart the crown oh wait no it was uh the baton twirler casey right she had the bird funeral hometown Oh my God. Yeah. That's a blast from the past. That's back. That's back a ways. Anyways, Recky ITMs that Tino's parents didn't even give her a chance. She doesn't know how she made it out of the house alive. She says she almost cried. And then we go outside on a bench and Tino says that he really wanted it to go well. He says they did adore you. She's like, I don't think they like me very much based on the constant attacks and uh, zero acceptance. And he says, no, no, they adored you. And Reki is like, no, your dad didn't even give me a fucking chance. Tino says he feels bad not saying this to her earlier. He can tell he's in trouble here, Tino. Rekia didn't have a good time in there. No matter what his parents may or may not think, that's how she interprets it. And he sees the trouble immediately. This is a high level fucking play. And he uh, says he's so sure about her. He's going to say this thing to her that he should have said earlier. She always makes him feel appreciated and valued and loved. And that's what he's proud and excited to tell her. That he's falling in love with her. This is a love level three. And he doesn't want a future without her. That's a little fucking sprinkling on the top. I should have told you weeks ago. I'm sorry about that. She says that she will be honest too. And she is also feeling like she's been falling in love with him for a while. Love level three. Kisses, kisses, kisses. This love level three played by Tino on the bench outside a botched familial home that might have been an Adams family was my... Play, 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 play of the game. A lot of good plays in this game, especially by Zach, as we talked about on the other Rachel Recchia hometown, hometown number two, three, four, five, ten. I don't fucking know. Yeah, it was a good play. This is a game saving play. He's in deep shit right here. And if he doesn't fucking turn this around with a love level, he may be going home. It's to that point. And he fucking recognizes that, throws it in, gets it in return. Fucking well done. Easily the play of the game, in my opinion. 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Tino recognizing the exact situation he was in and playing a love level three to extract Rachel Recchia's love level three so that she couldn't be as mad anymore was also my play, 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 play of the game. He put her in a situation. He did not warn her at all. He said it's going to be fine and it it wasn't. We saw fourth wall breaking behavior. We saw a producer in the familial home because of how bad it was going and because they wanted to show us Rachel Recchia saying he hates me. So it was the moment I I was like this could break them up. I don't know. And then he pulls this out and it's chef's kiss. I mean, one of the most important things about your love levels is the timing. And this is the exact right moment to use it. He's in the auto zone on this bench, a classic love level raised place. And, you know, he can save level level four for fantasy suites or finale. Yeah, it was fascinating and fantastic. And then this little segment ends with Rekia ITMing uncertainty about not having parental approval, making it difficult to get engaged. So despite this pulling uh, victory out of the jaws of defeat here, Rekia still is laying in this ITM narrative that, you know, maybe things are not all solved here. And then we get next week, Avon and Rachel's hometown 
which looks like it has a witch casting a spell on them. And then we see that this is yes. tacked on to the beginning of the Mentel All. So this is a clusterfuck. Are we also going to get a rose ceremony at that Mentel All? I don't care what we get at the Mentel All because I saw one thing that we are going to get and it shocked me. The, the second meatball, you know the meatball reprisal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Meatball getting covered in sauce again. Covered in sauce. We do see in this promo that the guys are ready to talk smack. We see Meatball pouring the sauce. There's some news that's about to change your lives forever, DLP says. Your lives being the lives of the fourth audience, it looks like. They passed out champagne to everybody in the audience, which... Is that a Bachelor announcement? I don't know. Maybe they're going to streaming. (laughs) That could be. That's interesting. That could be. The champagne is to whatever. To celebrate their ner- their new deal on HBO Max. I would love it. If that's the announcement, I'm fucking fully in. HBO Max. Yeah. We're going HBO Max. Do you That'd think be awesome. Champagne? What, do you th- what else could it be? It could be someone getting married. It could be a baby was had. It could be... How does that change my life? I don't know. I just never trust anything they say. I mean, it depends on the baby, I guess. Nonetheless, we'll try and figure out what that is before it airs, but we only have till next week to wait. We then see Get Ready to New Adventures. Then in two weeks, Fantasy Suites in Mexico, Recky is in love. She then says, this is the moment in Clayton's season where everything went haywire, so we know everything's going to go haywire. Zach says everything took a 180 after Fantasy Suites. Eric might have told Gabby he can't love her after mm-hmm. Fantasy Suites. DLP tells Rekia that Gabby won't be joining her at the Fantasy Suite Rose ceremony. Rekia is in tears. And then um, we get the tag with Warburton making jokes, basically. I have a theory about whoever not joining that rose ceremony. They're making it look like it's because they quit. I bet it's because they're just keeping the same number of roses for the next week. No, I think it's Gabby not joining her at the rose ceremony. That's what I mean. Like, I think it's like Gabby's only bringing three. She doesn't need to. Oh, right. That it's not because of some negative thing. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah, she just wanted to take a nap. Yeah, totally might be. No, that she has three people and she's keeping them from hometowns to fantasy suites. Yeah, right. So she doesn't need to have a rose ceremony. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Could be. I don't know. We'll see. And in the tag, we get Uncle Pat is reprised. He is chatting with Rachel Reckett. This is, of course, Zach's uncle, television and film star. And he says that he failed out of junior college and he wasn't even on drugs, not good at studying. He says, Zach's got quite a presence, comes from a great family. He's the right one. And Rekia demands a high five. And then we get an in memoriam for Alan Schwer, Eric's father who passed away. Yeah. It's a very sad episode. Obviously, a very somber, serious episode. But like we said, some great gameplay. And despite the fact that I think the construction of the episode was done poorly, I do like seeing this stuff I, because it, it adds to the the greater understanding of how this show is made and the evolution of it. And we're definitely going through right now a very experimental era, which has basically started at the bubble season and hasn't ended. Um, they're still doing stuff to the structure of the game that is just like, what the fuck is this? A lot of it's not working. But there is interesting shit happening in this that I don't know. Maybe they'll be able to take it or, or have some lessons learned. I'm not sure. I was going to say, you you can't know the era that you're in necessarily. Right. We thought we were in the COVID era, but it turns out the COVID era was just part of the second experimental era. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. It's interesting. Nonetheless, who was your MVP? 
for his four TRR hometown date. And this is my four TRR award sending love. Eric Schwer was my M M M M M V P. It also was the first episode where I was like, oh, he's the ring winner. I've never, I haven't thought it until now. It was the first episode where I even saw any personality from any of them. He played very well, but I did not give him my MVP. Who is your MVP? This week, Zach Shallcross was my MMMMMVP. He just played a perfect hometown that had every possible element you could ask for, including high-level producer help. That, to me, is always a fantastic sign. He is, at least in my opinion, he's kind of like the New York Yankees of these players. He's just like out in front of it, crushing (laughs) things, has the highest payroll, the best star players. Is that like consistently good? Yeah, but at a level that's just kind of like, like super good in a non-interesting way. You know what I mean? Like, yep, they're going to be good every year, basically. (laughs) That kind of thing. Like, I didn't get much of a sense of him as a person, but he just like blew it out of the fucking water. Um, I definitely think he had a, he had a very stellar performance as well. Yeah, I mean, really, really everyone played pretty well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't really have an error, I don't think. Um, Like I said, I, I thought Tyler actually played well. Um, even in his elimination. Everybody's playing pretty good at this point, but also, like, we don't know. We got fucking six hometowns rammed down our throat in an hour and 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I don't really know. I don't know a lot of what's been going on with the play this season because they don't let you see it. Say lovey. Literally, the part other than meeting of the family for Johnny was just him a shot, like, maybe four seconds of them on the boat, just, like, looking out. Yeah. I'm like, what happened on the boat? They were probably on that boat. It went from day to night. Yep. <laughs> they were probably on that boat for fucking eight hours. Yeah. Who so, knows? I mean, they just didn't have time to put any conversations or anything. And unfortunately, a symptom of double lead, a symptom of deciding to put seven hometowns into one episode and then only giving us six. And then there'll be one next week with a, ugh, a mess. Nonetheless, congratulations to all the players. Fine, fine play here. And look, I don't mean to shit on all the Hoojus this season. They're just bad. No shade to anybody. Sometimes you're a bad hoojuer. We'll see. We'll see the side by side. We got to look at the footage. I'm telling you, I recut that Kelsey Weir one so many times and did a fucking thing of it. Like I, it is burned into my head. I see it every night before I go to sleep. It is a perfect fucking hooju. Nothing comes close. Thank you. The uh, the sauce wars are heating up. And we published a new Digging Deeper episode. Patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Dive deep into the pit. Come swim around with us. Indeed. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,456 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be... Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. 
Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 